may have only come tonight because you want to know what possibly is happening. I get that. But could you allow the message to be twofold tonight? Before you get all wrapped up in what the potential might be, would you let the word just speak to you as an individual? It has nothing to do with give to grow. has nothing to do with, with, with future plans. But I do believe tucked into this message and in this vision there is a a singular message for somebody here today maybe multiple people maybe all of us I don't know and I'm going to do my best at the first part of my message to to, to speak to individuals and and I I want you to, to not overlook the word of God so you can get to maybe some potential plans and dreams and visions but let the word of God speak to you first Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn me to the book of Genesis chapter 45. And uh, this is going to be where we start from. And I've got several verses. I will not stay on any one thing very long. There's a kind of a lot that I want to accomplish tonight. But uh, I want to invite you to turn with me. The story of Joseph is a... It's just a deep story. No matter how many times I read it, no matter how many times I, I preach it, it just it's one of the fullest stories of, of biblical heroes. David's life would be wrapped around that. Moses' life. Those are, are stories that we almost see from the beginning to their end. Uh, other, other characters in the Bible, you know, we might just get a glimpse of where they are. But Joseph shows a lot. In fact, if if you would look through my Bible, you would find some of the ministers in this church, some of the sermons they've preached on Joseph where I've wrote down some notes in the in the margins of my Bible and it, it just goes there. So follow with me if you will G- Genesis chapter 45. Joseph then Joseph could not control himself before those who stood by him. Let me just remind you that remember Joseph is there's a great famine and his brothers have come they don't realize that it's the same one they threw in the pit and and he's done a couple tests to them and he's really run them through the ringer and this is that last time and, and finally Joseph cannot control himself anymore for all those who stood by him and he cried make everyone go out from me so no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers And he wept aloud so that the Egyptians heard it and the house of Pharaoh heard it. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? His brothers could not answer them. They were dismayed at his presence. Remember the last thing they remember of Joseph was tossing him into a pit and leaving him there either to die or something, finally selling him to the Midianites. They have no idea what's become of Joseph. For all they know, he died a slave. They can't hardly figure this out. They're overwhelmed. Joseph said to his brothers, come near to me, please. And they came near and he said, I am your brother Joseph whom you sold into Egypt. Now do not be distressed nor angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before thee to preserve life. For a famine has been in these land these last two years and there are yet five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a remnant on earth, to keep alive for you many survivors. And so it was not you who sent me here, but God. He's made me a father, or 
the King James, I think, may say, he's made me a counselor to Pharaoh and the Lord of all his house and ruler over the land of Egypt. And I'm struck by that. God sent me. This is not my sermon. This is just a little insertion, if I can. Even in the midst of his trials, he said, God sent me. Even in the midst of the prison of Pot- that, that Potiphar sent him in, he said, God sent me. Can I just tell somebody here before I get going in the rest of my message that even in the midst of your circumstances, trials, and situation, God has a plan. Let me tell you one more time. In the midst of the worst time of your life, God has a plan. Would you bow your heads and would you pray, Heavenly Father, I'm so appreciative of the word that you have given us. The word, every time I open it, it's so deep, it's so broad and powerful, it covers so many things and tonight I pray twofold I pray that you would allow your word to speak to someone here today that you would allow before we get going into the plans and potential and 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 vision of this church would you speak to an individual or maybe several right now let your word be with them we pray in the name of Jesus amen and amen hallelujah you can be seated I'm going to preach two messages in one And so this is part one, and I want you to understand where it is. Genesis begins to open up the story of Joseph. I don't have time, nor do I feel that it's necessary for me to start at the beginning of Joseph's life and lay it all out again for you, but uh, hopefully you can kind of remember it. But as I was perusing and reading through these chapters that contain Joseph's life and how it all played out. There was one place in particular. It was one of those moments where I hope it happens to you. One of those moments where you read God's word and maybe it's your devotional reading. Maybe it's your daily reading. By the way, if you're reading the Bible and, and, and if you're doing the plan that, that we have out there, if you're doing another plan, next Sunday we'll have, a, a, which would be I believe the second if I'm not mistaken, We'll have a a, a sheet of paper out there, and if you fulfilled your Bible reading for this month, if you're not doing a a certain plan, but, but you say, you know what, I was faithful in reading my Bible through the month of January... We want you to take a moment and, and, and put your name there because we're going to honor you. we got certificates for every month for those that do so. And then at the end of the year, those who have completed the whole 12 months of it, uh, we're going to do something. We don't know what yet, but we're going to do something big. I believe that we need to be reading the Word of God. And I've made that my, my mission. And uh, in fact, wherever I go to preach, even when I do children's ministry, I have found that somewhere in the revival, I'm, I'm challenging them to do the same. Get your Bible and read it. But I was reading the story of Joseph, especially in Genesis chapter 40, and something began to pop out at me, and I felt the Lord just nudge me and, 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 and kind of say, Brandon, this is for you. Then he kept unfolding it, and he said, and then it's for somebody else in this church. And then he finally concluded by saying, I also want you to see this in light of Lighthouse Church as a whole. Genesis chapter 40 begins sometime after this. Joseph's in prison, and while he's there, the cupbearer of the king of Egypt and the king of Egypt's baker did something that displeased Pharaoh. And God 
saw fit and Pharaoh was angry with those officers, the chief cupbearer, the chief baker, and he put them in the same prison that, that Joseph is in. One of the things that, that, that impresses me about the life of Joseph is that in every uh, stage of his life, if you like alliteration, Joseph's story fits well. He was in the pit. He was in Potiphar's house. He was in prison. He was in Pharaoh's house. But, but in every stage of Joseph's life, especially in, in, in that yeah, when, you're, when you're sold as a slave to Potiphar, when you're, when you're thrown into prison, uh, you could find yourself very easily being angry and mad and frustrated. You could very easily find yourself in despair and, and, and being losing all, all elements of faith. But the, the beauty of Joseph's story is that no matter where he ended up, he trusted God and God elevated him in Potiphar's house. God elevated him in the prison and ultimately God elevated him in Pharaoh's home as well. And, and here it is, he's now, uh, I, I know he's, a, he's a, a, a prisoner, but he's also in charge of the prison. Has a lot of freedom and the cupbearer and the baker come and they are there. And Joseph is appointed to kind of attend to them. And the Bible says they continued for some time in custody. Verse 5 tells us that one night both of them dreamed. The cupbearer had a dream and the baker had a dream. Each his own dream. Each dream, the Bible is clear to say, with its own interpretation. And, and they, they came the next morning and they wake up. Joseph is there. He's looking at the prisoners and he, he, he hems in on the fact that the cupbearer and the baker, their, their faces are, are troubled. And he says, why are you downcast? And they said, we had dreams and there's no one here to interpret them. And this uh, phrase found in Genesis chapter 40 verse 8 jumped out at me. Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God. I, I'm, I'm going to butcher the hermeneutics and I'm going to butcher what this is. I, I'm very well aware of what Joseph meant. But in as I read that and I wrote it down right here, I just was struck that our dreams belong to God. Our dreams belong to God. Before I get into some, some, some dreams of Lighthouse, before I get into dreams of a pastor, I've got to talk to someone here who you have seen a vision, you've seen a dream. In fact, let, let me put it maybe not so much in the mystical understanding of a dream. Uh, I, I invite you to turn with me to the book of, of Proverbs chapter 16. The Proverbs 16, there's a lot that's in there. I'm just going to pick a few verses out. Verse 1 of 16, Proverbs 16 and verse 1. Of course, I'm reading the English Standard Version. The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Verse 2, all the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. For the Lord hath made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. Look at verse 7. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. And then verse 9 is a key in this. 
the heart of a man plans his way and the Lord but the Lord establishes his steps the, the new American standard version it's not a version of the Bible that I, I, I typically use but in, in this it, it popped up and, and it goes like this it says the mind of a man plans his way but the Lord directs his steps if I could could give you for, for the for the purpose of this message if I could give you my own uh, definition of dreams and interpretations uh, I, I know that, that that there's many things that we could talk about dreams and even interpretations but if I could if I could do it this way the interpretation of a dream is how the dream unfolds the baker and the cupbearer both had a dream they, they both saw something they didn't know how it was all going to unfold but ultimately when Joseph talks to the cupbearer and talks to the baker the Lord gives Joseph the ability to see that dream unfold now for one of them it unfolded in a negative light one of them in three days was going to face the hangman's noose the other one faced a more positive outcome. In three days, you'd be restored. Can I just talk to someone for just a moment? Whether you call it a dream, a vision, a plan, a desire, whatever it may be, there are moments in all of our lives where we have the, the vision, we have the dream of how everything is going to be. Maybe we've got a call of God on our life. Maybe we, we have an understanding of what we want to happen. But yet in the middle of it, you haven't yet seen the unfolding of what you dreamed. But God was very clear that it doesn't matter how long it takes for that to unfold. It doesn't matter how many uh, 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 turns and, and twists and backtracks and down the mountain and up the mountain it might take. Ultimately, the way that unfolds belongs to God. I'm pretty confident when Joseph came and he put on that coat of many colors and he looked at his brothers and he said, I had a dream. I had a dream that, that you were all working in the field and you were binding up sheaves of grain and I walked in and I made my sheaf of grain and all of your sheaves bowed down to me. I'm sure at that moment Joseph saw his life playing out a whole nother direction. That the sun and the moon and stars all bowed before me. I'm positive that Joseph kind of sat back and let his mind wander. He wrote in his journal that night how it was all going to play out. He had it all figured out. He had, I mean, it was going to be this and this and this and everything was right. And, and, and then the brothers revolt. Even mom and dad get a little frustrated at the audacity of the dream that Joseph has. And then the pit. And then, I mean, if you'll read that story and, and put the emotions into the story and not just read the black and white, you have to understand they threw him down into a pit and then they were talking above the pit, how can we kill him? And he's hearing.
hearing all of that, his own brothers, his own flesh and blood, hearing I'm going to kill Joseph and then we can, you know, go tell dad that he fell off a cliff or something. And finally Reuben comes back and speaks a little sense into him and they sell him to Midian and then they come. And now Joseph is in a Midian slave train and he's walking down and I'm sure in the back of his mind he was saying, I don't understand how this fits with the dream. They bring him to Egypt, sell him to Potiphar. Potiphar seems to take an interest in him, is kind to him. Joseph allows himself, instead of getting bitter and discouraged, and I'm, I, don't get me wrong, I'm positive there are days that both of those happen. There it is humanly impossible not to let the emotions uh, run the gamut when things happen. But God was with him, and his faith was with him, and and, and at some point, Potiphar elevated him to be uh, over all of Potiphar's household. And I don't know if Joseph sat back and said, God, maybe this is all the dream is. Maybe this is all it is. Maybe at least I'm not beaten. I've got good clothes and I've got good food. And perhaps Joseph sat back and said, all right, God, this is how you unfold the dream. I'm okay and then Potiphar's wife comes and weasels her way in and, and seduces and, and flirts. Every, the Bible says every day continues. To finally, he can't handle it anymore. And, and, and in order to preserve his character and his integrity, he runs away, leaves his cloak behind, and, and she spins a web of lies and bats her eyes, and Potiphar is sucked into the lie and the deception and now Joseph is thrown in prison and he goes from being a pretty powerful man in a powerful house of Egypt to now once again being thrown in the prison and I wonder if Joseph sat and said God how does this work with the dream you gave how does this work with the plan that I sort of unfolded as you showed me the vision my life I didn't see this coming I didn't see this this prison coming then because of Joseph's character, because Joseph kept his faith, he's elevated in stature in the prison. Still a prisoner, but at least he has freedom. And, and, and maybe he sits back and says, okay, God, I, I get it. I, I got it. Maybe this is all that there is. And then the cupbearer and the baker comes and, and, and they're, they give him the dreams. And, and Joseph says those words, the interpretation belong to God I don't know if Joseph really understood the import of the words that he was saying I don't know if Joseph put two and two together when God gave him the, the unfolding of the cupbearer and the baker's dreams I don't know if God tapped Joseph on the shoulder and said Joseph I'm not yet done unfolding your I don't know if Joseph sat back and after telling them what was going to happen and then maybe had a moment with God in his cell saying, God, thanks for showing me what you're going to do for them. Do you mind letting me see what all is going to play out? Hey, by the way, uh, when you get back restored to Pharaoh's court, why don't you remember me? Why don't you give a good word to, to old Pharaoh for me? It didn't happen right away and Joseph languishes in the prison until finally Pharaoh has the dream, the dream of, and there was multiple dreams, but just to say one was the, you know, the, the seven fat cows that are out grazing near the river, and then seven skinny uh, cows come and eat up the fat cows. And, 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 and now 
Pharaoh is trying to figure it out. Pharaoh's asking his magicians and all those that, that are with him and saying, what do we do? Finally, they remember the one who was connected to a God who knows the end from the beginning. Connected Joseph to the God that knew how dreams unfold, the interpretation. Brings him into Pharaoh's uh, palace. God unfolds Pharaoh's dream. The seven fat cows, they represent seven incredible years where everything in this land is going to blossom and prosper. And you're going to have seven years of plenty and seven years where your storehouses can't contain what's going to go. But beware, there's seven lean years coming. Pharaoh goes, well, what am I going to do? And Joseph says, the Lord has unfolded the dream. You've got to take what's given in those first seven uh, 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 fertile years and you've got to store up enough to keep you in the seven lean years. God elevates Joseph to second in command of all of Egypt. And I don't know if that's when God tapped Joseph on the shoulder and said, see, I know how to unfold the story. But I have a feeling it's most likely... Finally, and, and, and the Bible seems to indicate the, the famine was not even half done. That Jacob's other sons come and knock on Egypt's door and say, we're starving, here's money, can we buy some grain? We hear you have some. And it's in that moment that the story of Joseph and the dream of Joseph unfolds completely. Because had not God placed Joseph where he was, the clan of Jacob would have died in starvation and ultimately ended the promise that God gave to a man named Abraham that said, I'll make your seed like the seashore and the sand thereon. And so it was that God knew how to take one in that, 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 that was there and bring him through the pit and the prison and Potiphar's house and the prison and Pharaoh's house, all because God knows how to unfold the dream. I've told you there's two messages here, but the first message is to you today, one of you, some of you, I don't know who, God's not given me a vision, God's not told me who, but I'm here today to tell you that the dream and the vision that you had for your life and the idea that you thought was going to happen and it's not... It's not worked out the way you planned thus far. It's not fall, fallen into place the way you had exactly desired. But I believe God is speaking to you today that the dreams belong to God. And if you will allow God to step into your life and unfold and interpret that dream, you'll find yourself on paths similar to Joseph. It may not be what you decided. It may not be what you would have chosen. It may not be the path that you would have liked to go on. But in the very end, you'll sit back and you'll look back and you'll say God had his hand in it all I wonder if you could stand for just a moment I wonder if you could lift your hands as we end part one I wonder if you could just raise your hands for a moment and could you say God here I am I don't know if the word of God is speaking to you right now. I don't know if the word of God is pulling you. But if it is, would you take a moment in this, in this sermon to say, God, don't let me get ahead of the unfolding that you do. The dream belongs to you. The interpretation belongs to you. There's a Daniel in the midst that's trying to see how it's all going to unfold. I could have preached the same message with Daniel's story. The dream belongs to God. The message, the unfolding, the interpretation 
belongs to God and God hasn't forgotten you. He didn't forget you in the pit. He didn't forget you in Potiphar's house. He didn't forget you in the prison and he sure hasn't forgot you in Pharaoh's house. He knows where you are right now and the dream that he gave you, the vision he gave you, the promise he gave you will not falter. Just be patient and let the interpretation unfold. Would you clap your hands under the Lord and give him praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be seated. The reason I tell you that this has a dual levels or, or, or two unique understandings is because that same uh, sermon that I've just preached for the last little bit, God's been preaching to me for quite some time that God says the plans and the dreams I've not forgotten. Psalms chapter 127 says it like this, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. I kind of think, and I don't think, I know those fit because the plans of a man, we can set up a lot of dreams and plans, and I do. Uh, I, I don't know your personality uh, as much as I know mine, but I'm a dreamer. I'm a schemer. I love to dream. I love to plan. I, I love to think big. I love to try to see how something's going to happen. If I'm, if I'm hunting, I'll go to bed that night thinking about the tree stand I'm going to sit in. I'll know the area I'm going to hunt in, and I'll dream about how exactly it's going to walk out. And it hardly ever happens that way. I sat on the mountains in Arizona, and I saw the, 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 the game trails and, and I prayed and, 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 and pleaded with God to let a deer come and I don't think there's any deer in all of southeast Arizona it's like aliens took them out but I knew exactly what was going to happen I walked up and uh, uh, I mean I'm talking about hike up mountains 200 or 2,000, 3,000 feet have to stop every five steps and huff and puff and breathe and let the spot stop moving but I did it because I could see how it would unfold. I've learned to do that with my life. and Sometimes I get carried away and I can plan a lot of things. And I can, I can labor. But the Bible says if God doesn't build it, if I could maybe insert this, if God's not in it, you're laboring in vain. And the way that you can make sure God is in it is to let the dream be his and not yours to let the vision be his and not yours, to let the plan be his and not yours and be patient in the process as God interprets and unfolds the dream. This morning was an incredible service. I don't know how you go back and watch it. I mean, I know you can. It's just one of those services that, that I can't even wrap my mind around it. It might possibly be one of the deepest moves of God I've ever been in in a service. And, and the, the plan for this morning uh, was to preach and, and launch our Give to Grow, the time is now, and, and do so from the very first uh, uh, verses that I used back in 2016 when we first launched Give to Grow, Exodus 35, Exodus 25. And... and I don't know how coherent it was. I do know God was in it, but 
we, we I, I didn't preach everything I just began to talk about. But in 2015, we, we were already busting at the seams before we built the, the, the uh, part of the parking lot behind us. And we were parking on grass and gravel and anywhere we have. The church was, was going good. And, and I begin to pray and I begin to fast and say, Lord, how do we get from here to whatever plan you have? I was talking to pastors and, and, and mentors in my life. I was, I was talking to anybody and everybody that had ever built a building and, and, and done it. And one, one night, God was very clear. I don't, when I say that God spoke to me, please understand, I'm not telling you that that I was sitting in my room and God spoke an audible voice. That's not what I mean. That doesn't work for me. It may for you. Uh, he didn't write on the wall, but most of the time it's a, it's a very uh, clear impression in my mind. God will lead me to a verse or God will, will say something in my mind that's so very clear. And I remember in 2015, God laid out Give to Grow pretty much as we've done it for the last four years. He laid it out. It was right there. I couldn't hardly write fast enough to, to ask the church, to ask the people in the church to give $1,000 above and beyond their, their tithes and their offerings. And this church is a giving church. We give to all sorts of, of, of outside mission works, and I wanted that to continue. I didn't want to be a church that, that, that becomes uh, myopic in view and when you start a building program or you build a building or you that 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 we stop giving to missions. I didn't want that to happen and God said just ask him for a thousand dollars. I said this morning I identified a couple people that I thought would get on board. And I had great faith but I had decided that maybe I could find about 16 people in that church that I thought would would jump on board. He said Brandon he said just ask him for a thousand dollars a year. But ask it and kind of do it between February and November, 10 months. Just $100 a month, just about $25 a week. That's all you have to do. I had, earlier that year in 2015, I'd went to General Conference and I'd met with some capital campaign uh, 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 people who do capital campaigns and they, they'll come and it costs money and they'll, they'll, they'll lay it all out and I'm not against it. But I remember as I was talking to them, there was a check in my spirit. And, and not that there was anything wrong, but, but God just said, don't go down that path. That's not the plan that I have for Lighthouse. And so we begin to set it up. I made up the, the first, first year. I made up the brochures, and made it all. I talked to different ones on a pastoral staff. I was praying. I was fasting. But God, again, spoke very clearly. And he challenged me first as an individual. He challenged my wife and I. And he said, Brandon, if you will give what you can give. And then he said, if the church can show me, if the church can prove that they are willing to invest in this, I will fill in the rest. I said, all right. I'd heard churches where, where I got a cousin of mine, and he's told me several stories being at, at getting a call from a businessman said hey can, can you meet me at my office and my cousin who pastors goes over there and that, that businessman wrote out a hundred thousand dollar check for that little church there in the woods I said alright God maybe that's what you're going to do and then, I, and then I've talked to pastors that, that, 
they swapped buildings. They were outgrowing their building, and there was another church that, that was, was not needing the size of the building they had, and they just swapped building. I said, well, maybe that's what it's going to be. First year went, and God blessed. We gave over $55,000 to give to grow. It was incredible. I was on cloud nine. During that year, again, we were breaking records for our missions giving, and, and, and God was blessing our church. There was revival happening, and in the back of my mind, I kept looking for that plan, that dream to unfold then I the second year came and we kept giving the third year this would have been 2018 we gave last year was absolutely incredible and I want to say thank you this doesn't include the interest that we got because we put this in a, a, a CD and we've been we put in basically a, a savings plan that gets interest but thank you so much Lighthouse for giving last year a total of $64,780.50 that's what you gave last year to give to grow and and God began to to, to say Brandon are you are you patient I kept looking for I, I, I would see small miracles. And I said, Lord, where's the big one? Where's the unfolding? What's going to happen? And then God began to show me this verse. The plan, the dreams belong to God. If you had asked me a couple years ago, I could have told you exactly what God was going to do. But it didn't play out quite like that. I found found property that was so incredible. Ten acres we could have bought for a song. It was right before everything started booming. Oh, I was so excited. We just didn't have the money. And then they sold that property, and now they want like $3 million for it. I could have bought it for 400000 We didn't have it. I said, God, what's the plan? Where is it going? What's going to happen? And then we identified... The, the, the board and I we've in, in, in the pastoral staff we've identified six acres right there on the Veterans Memorial Parkway the south outer road between Bryan and Lake St. Louis Boulevard we've identified six acres and for, for really almost the last year I've prayed over that I've walked it I've, I've, I've prayed every time I've passed and I said God is this going to be and, and I, I thought perhaps and it still may be perhaps the dream as it unfolds would be them dropping the price quite a bit Maybe that's how it unfolds, and it may be. And then I was sitting in the desert a couple of weeks ago, and and my phone began to ring, and it was an odd way. It kept ringing. It kept calling, and finally I answered it. God opened a door, and this is what I'm, I'm going to tell you. And again, as I said this morning, there's a lot of, of steps that have to be taken. None of what I say is, is, is official. None of what I say is, is how it's going to happen. There's votes that need to take care. Our board uh, has to act upon it. You as a church body have to vote. And so I'm just telling you potentials of where we are and why I can say with certainty the time is now for us to move forward into the next step. And that is that while I was there on that mountaintop in Arizona, I had just enough cell phone service to answer and, and a, a church building uh, that's not even hit the market became open it's a church building that has uh, uh, the capacity of almost uh, not quite 400 seats it's got a, a chapel as well that, that, that they say seats 100 uh, it's got incredible Sunday school classroom potential it's got uh, a, a great office complex a fellowship hall, a kitchen it, it's 30,000 square feet and they begin to begin to unfold 
And God began to speak, and he said, Brandon, he said, before the end of this year, Lighthouse will know beyond a shadow of a doubt what its next step is. And I believe, and, and our board has met, and I'm so very thankful for our board. Uh, we, we, we have a rotating board and a rotating uh, trustee board, and, and they, 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 they literally hold this, this, the business of Lighthouse in trust, if you will. And they have met, they've walked through the building, they've, they've kind of unofficially voted to continue the process, and so we're working with the UPCI loan fund to get answers, and we have a board meeting tomorrow night that our board will be gathering, and we'll be uh, putting together a list of, of what we need to do so that we can have everything ready to present to a church and, and a plan to the church, and, and, and we're looking at this, but God began to just tell me, don't forget the dreams, the plans, and the unfolding thereof belong to God. It's been a long time coming. I can't tell you how many of you have stopped me and said, have you looked at this building? Have you looked at that piece of property? And you send me uh, Facebook posts about it, and we go and we do it. And I dream, and I envision, and I plan, and many of you have done the same. But I've learned to give it to God. And when we give it to God, the perfect thing happens. The property that, that we're looking at is located at 8761 Veterans Memorial Parkway. It's a half mile away from here at the corner of Veterans Memorial Parkway and Woodlawn, just right there. It's a church of 30,000 square feet. There's a lot that's working on there. But, but because of uh, basically that and the property, they're, they're basically right now without any negotiation, they're roughly the same price. The property is the same price as getting the church. And uh, uh, both of those, those amounts is, is doable for because of your consistent giving, that we can afford it, that we can go through it. One would be property. Of course, there's a lot that has to come with that. There's, that's just the property. That's not building or anything of that nature. The other is a building that we can move in uh, uh, before the end of the year and, and, and have it there. Again, I know there's a lot of questions, and I, I talk to our board. I talk to mentors in, in my life, and I realize that tonight opens more questions than I can answer. I'll be glad to talk to you as much as I can, but you're going to understand if you talk to me. I'm going to say this a lot. I don't know yet. I don't know yet. I don't know yet. But we're working on those answers. We understand that according to the bylaws of our church, the first step is that our board comes together. Our board uh, is tasked, and we have, in fact, uh, uh, if, if you serve on our board, would you stand right now, and, and our pastoral staff as well, would you stand? Brother Justin Lowe, Brother Shane Singleton, Brother Tom Harding, Brother Dale Hara, uh, Brother Ron Jolly, missing one. Who am I missing? I got Shane. Brother Miller. Brother, brother. thank you. Brother Mark Miller. That's our board. And then my father serves as our, our church elder. And then, of course, our pastoral staff uh, uh, serves as a, as a uh, uh, our sister's pastor serves as a, a voice on the board. And, and they are tasked with taking all of the information and trying to answer every question that anybody could ever come up with. 
And then when they, when the board has has gotten the, the answers and when they've asked all the answers and we can we can uh, 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 come before the church, we'll come before the church with, with an idea, a plan, and then the church has to vote to to accept or reject that plan or they can modify that plan. There's the, 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 the church, the those voting members of our church, you hold the final say. But our board is working to get the answers. And so if you ask me, I may have to say I don't I don't know the answer yet. But we're working hard. And tomorrow uh, we will start official board meetings. We've been meeting. We've walked through it. We've seen it. But uh, uh, we'll, we'll be walking through that so that we can do our due diligence. But all of this is possible because you have given. I can't stress that enough. Uh, I'm being very careful because I, I, I hope and I've prayed, I've asked my board, I've asked those. I, I cannot preach and tell you what to do. That's not how this works. I can't, I can't tell you, bless God, this is what we need to do. That's, that's not the purpose of this. It needs to come through a board meeting. It needs to come through a business meeting. But I will tell you that that, that church building came open back in 16, and we could have bought it. We didn't have the funds to do so. We had to let it go and it, it went. But, but here's the thing. Because of your consistent giving over the last four years, you have positioned Lighthouse Church to have enough for a, 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 a down payment but also have enough to do remodeling. That's because of your giving. One of the questions that we have and one of the things that, that we, 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 we want to be fiscally responsible is, we, I mean, can I just be brutally honest I, I talked to a pastor here just recently built a church their monthly payment on that church was $13,000 you just you can't see Sister Danielle's face Sister Danielle Lee's face right now but if we do that she says she quits I've been to churches where every service they were they were haranguing and, and, and begging for money because they had to make their payment we're not interested in doing that what we're interested in doing is being able to take the next steps within the confines of what the average offering has been. And I've told you that over the last four years, our average offering is almost $5,000 a month. That's the idea we are in. And right now, both of those would fall into a place where we could do it and be under that, which means it doesn't affect our budget. That's because you've given. I hope you understand. I'm trying to thank you, and I can't even find the words. You can ask my wife. I can't hardly find the words to thank this church for catching the vision four years ago and giving when you had no idea what could possibly happen. You had no idea. You just gave because you, you caught something and you said, God, I don't know what the next step is, but God, you are in control of the plan. And because of four years, this is what I can say, beyond a shadow of a doubt, is that 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 word that God gave, if Lighthouse will do what they can do, I'll fill in the blanks. I will tell you that that is happening right now in ways you can't even imagine. There are ways that God is, is working and, and, and the, uh, Brother Lowe back there, I, I've heard you say it many times, especially when it comes to uh, She's for Christ. You talk about God's economy. How many of you ever heard Brother Lowe talk about God's economy? 
It doesn't make sense. We give and, and, and God just does, I mean, it just doesn't make a lick of sense. Some of you, 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 you filled out your pledge card and, and you said, I don't really know how I'm going to do this, but I feel this. I'm going to tell you how you're going to do it because God's economy clicks in. God's economy steps in. And uh, I believe that's going to happen. I'm going to take a moment. Brother uh, uh, Lee, whoever you have to, to pass those out. If you were here this morning and you got a, a pledge card, hopefully you brought it back because um, I, I don't think I printed enough pledge cards. So, uh, again, we're going to do it one per family. Uh, if you if you didn't if you didn't get one, please uh, it, it, let them know when they come by. We want to make sure those who weren't here this morning can get one. But we want you to take a pledge card because now we are stepping in from from giving to uh, save up money to very possibly giving to purchase something. And so it is absolutely vitally important that we do not lose sight of what God wants to do. I'm going to take a moment uh, for that to happen. Sister uh, Cindy, if, I'm going to let you come. I, I know we're not done in the sense of almost being ready to leave, but if you just don't mind playing behind this. <laughs> 